Hello and welcome back to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and today we are back with the Guys Like Us summer series focused on dating and marriage, so stay tuned. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is Tyler Brondike, your host. Thank you for tuning in to another episode if you're a long-time listener. Um, such a joy to to hear from you, to have you on, and just to be with you. Spend some time, all by birch, virtually. Um, nonetheless, know that it's going to be a valuable time together today. In this conversation, I speak with Andrew. Um, if you've been tuning in for some time now, um, Andrew and I have been working on the Guys Like Us Summer Series, which are in-depth, topical-based conversations um, where we look at important important themes that are going to be uh, maybe you're familiar with maybe you're not as familiar with uh, in your spiritual spiritual journey and walk with God and so today we talk about dating and marriage something that is super important and I don't think it's always talked about um, or maybe the intricacies aren't always mentioned and so by no means is this going to be um, a by all end all conversation but we're going to open the conversation um, and touch on a few important areas through several books. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Andrew. Welcome back to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, joined again today with Andrew Cologne. Hey, you. Live and well. Um, we are back for another episode, and today we are focusing on dating and marriage. If you've been tuning in for some time now, whether on YouTube or podcast, however you're finding um, this this content, this information, just glad that you're here with us today. We've been doing our Guys Like Us summer series now for the entire summer, um, and this is going to cap off our summer series. And so we, we're ending on dating and marriage and so um, this is going to introduce us into a topic that um, we have some experience in, kind of. And so, but we're, we're going to, again, reference some books. So we have two mm-hmm. books mainly that kind of will serve as launch pads. Again, we have uh, Mingling of Souls by Matt Chandler. And then we have Sacred Marriage by Gary Thomas. Um, a few, uh, I guess, Christian marriage classics, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, that are really important. Um, as we think about our lives and dating, marriage, and yes, our sexual lives as well. Um, and so we are, we're just going to dig in. And so before we get into the books, Andrew, um, just want to kind of orient our listeners. So you've been married now for, is it 11 years? Dating. Dating. For 11 years, we've been married for seven. Okay. Wow. Wow. So you're a veteran. You know it all. <laughs> You're experienced. <laughs> veteran. Wow. Yeah, I haven't thought of it in those terms. Tenured. Oh, Tenured, tenured, seven years. You're on the tenure track. Something like that. Yeah. One yeah. away. Um, and so I know when we've talked about, at least initially for dating, so when I, like, whenever we're kind of entering into a new relationship and we're looking to see, okay, like, could this be something that could be fruitful mm. um, for us? I guess first you, you had pointed me to signposts and guideposts. Mm. Um, Come on. And so can you talk a little bit about what you mean um, when you when you say signposts and guideposts for dating. Yeah, so first I'm stealing a part of that concept from N.T. Wright. He uses it to talk about how we come to a faith and knowledge in Jesus. And I think it's similar for dating. Like it, for my wife, 
not many people get that experience of love at first sight and you know beyond the shadow of a doubt. Again, with my wife, there were some glimmers that I was like, whoa, there's something special here and I'm about this for yeah. life. Yeah. But it started with, there was little little steps along the path. So, so we weren't 100% sure, even for dating-wise. We didn't start dating on day one of knowing each other. We right. took a little bit of time to get to know each other. And I think for me, there was these little, what I call them, were signposts. It was right. along a strand of conversation, something came up that I said, whoa, this is good. This is significant. This connects with who I am on a spiritual level. This connects with what I think God's calling me to do. And mm. so it started me on a journey. <clears throat> And I think when I got to that signpost, I stopped for a minute and I said, this is something good and I want to keep mm -hmm. finding more. Mm -hmm. And it was that moment that pointed me towards the next moment. And so we continued conversing and continued having conversations and going on dates. And I found another signpost, another moment that, hey, she's into the same thing in this particular same way mm -hmm. that I am. And so dating wasn't this one-off, I knew she was the one on one, one second, right? It was this continued navigating a path towards getting to know each other, following signpost by signpost. And the cool thing was some of the signposts were things I had in mind, like, hey, she needs to love Jesus. Hey, she needs to be a good family person, a good sister, a good son, mm, a good daughter. Yeah. Um, but then other components that God had kind of put on the radar, like, man, she is good at discipling people and praying for her friends and doing that kind of yeah. thing. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's these series of little guide lights that reminded me and showed me this could be the one. And then after a certain point, you look back and you realize, I have a hundred miles of signposts that have showed me this is the right one. We have enough in common. Mm -hmm. I, I can gamble on the next 100 miles because the yeah. last 100 have been okay. So I think once you get to that point of like, you know, we've hit enough destinations together. Um, we right. know enough about each other. I'm willing to gamble on the rest. And uh, right. so far it's been good. Amen. You hear Amen. that, babe? Good. Uh -huh. good. <laughs> um, awesome. Awesome. And so um, I think, yeah, so we'll, we'll start in the dating and then maybe we'll kind of transition a little bit into mm -hmm. marriage toward the end. Um and so and I know Matt Schiller and Mingling of Souls kind of talks about this courtship mm. phase. And so kind of, from my understanding, getting to know each other at, on a bit more of a more intimate level or you're kind of understanding more about their story, mm. right? You have these signposts of, okay, this is something that I can, that is a, a good foundation, a good pillar that I'm like, okay, this is going to then move me forward or mm. like I can move forward rather. And I'm excited of how we can mm. move forward. And then you enter into this courtship um into this courtship where your initial impressions are already, like you've already formed those in initial impressions. Um, like there's enough assurance at that point that you can keep yeah, going forward. Yeah. 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 Um, what, what are the biggest, I guess, obstacles, or I guess, I think this is a phase that sometimes we can run away from. Mm. Um, I know in kind of some conversations, like once you start to understand the, uh, maybe some of the vulnerabilities or some of the the, the flip side of that person mm. starts to kind of come out a little bit more, right? Because you're, you're you want to impress, you want to you want to give off a good image, which is important mm. of yourself and who you are. And then as you get to uh, spend more time with this person, it's natural that they're going to start to see you with your friends, mm. um, and they're going to start to see you in different environments. They're going to understand more about your story, your family, your history, mm. um, and this can be an opportunity where. I think we can start to either kind of take this fight or flight response where we mm. kind of either retrieve and just take a step back and don't fully get into it or we're kind of we're upset and maybe get angry or frustrated about it mm. and we can uh, put something else on the other person. Um, can you talk a little bit about this, I guess, this courtship phase and how you, how you process through that? Yeah, so, I mean, I, 
if you can't tell this by now, I love talking about dating and relationships, man, because it's yeah. been such a great journey for my wife and I, and I think it's been such a, so that courtship process, um, it's almost like this thing of asking the question, does this have the legs to go the long haul? So yeah. you begin reframing your relationship in terms of this is something we stumbled into, this is something we just enjoy for the sake of enjoying, and now at courtship phase, you're saying like, hey, can we do this? Like, can this last, can we be like our great-grandparents who made it 50 years Mm -hmm. Um, and not 50 years of killing each other and being upset and just saying, oh, here's my old ball and chain, like 50 years of actually enjoying wow. something and making it good. Yeah. Um, and so in that stage, you begin to ask the deeper questions. It's like when you buy a car, right? Like you go in and there's that initial looking at it from the outside and it's yeah. cool and all and you know some, then you look at the car facts and you begin looking deeper at what's going on and what's under the surface. And so in the courtship phase, um, my wife and I, like, again, we, we, I think first thing I wanted to experience her in as many different contexts as I could. And some of those required to have more personal. I wanted to see her in context of her best friends and her yeah. family and her relationships. Hmm. Um, I wanted to see what she would look like when she was stressed out beyond mm. belief. Um, hmm. Because it's in those situations that oftentimes our most intense self comes out yeah. and things like that. And yeah. so I found one of the, I think one of the key descriptors or something like Something that helped me, we, we had this conversation of when you're in times of stress, do you find yourself running from your significant other or running to your significant other? Uh, and we found that for us, when we were in our deepest stress, we always ran to each other. Yeah. And we found that we were able to relieve the pressure for each other. Um, so I think that's one thing, right? Like, how do you see the person in all these different contexts? But the other thing is now we start digging up and helping each other understand our past. Yeah. Nobody comes to a relationship without bags packed that, some, that someone else packed for them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we all have stuff that we've been through. Yeah. And because of it, our perspective shifts just a little bit. Um, however my ex treated me, I'm going to come to the table unfortunately with some expectation and some guard up saying i don't want to have that same thing happen yeah um yeah and so once we begin to negotiate and manage and understand those things that are within each other like i remember my, my wife and i at one point where we're dating we had this conversation like i'm not trying to upset you i would never ever want to intentionally go out there and be like oh, i'm gonna get one over on her and we began realizing like the ner the nature of any one of our problems the beginning of our dating relationship was always miscommunication. Hmm. And then something of within us that we were building walls. And so we had this, I'll never forget, we're driving yeah. um, on our way back to campus after going on a date. Yeah. And we begin to getting into something and we stopped for a minute. And I was like, wait a minute, this doesn't, this don't sound like us. Something's going on here. And we kind of like just unthreaded things and found out like, hey, I'm feeling defensive because of what had happened here. And dude, after that conversation, yeah. it was gold because A, I understood her a bit better, I understood her back, her background. She understood me, my background. And because of it, we were able to kind of just put a sense of trust on the table. And so, yeah, so I think going back to the idea of what is courtship, man, it's finding out this thing has the legs to go the long haul and doing hmm. the difficult work and not difficult, not that it's bad, but difficult that it's time and it's worth the time putting it in mm -hmm. to find out if we can simultaneously, you know, go together to the same place. Mm -hmm. uh, one more aspect of the courtship yeah. thing I think that's important to navigate is in courtship, you want to find out if both your lives are heading in the same direction. Mm. Right, like, uh, if if both your energies are going, so right, like if if my spiritual life occupies ninety eight percent of my mentality and it only occupies fifteen percent of yours, what's it going to look like going forward? Some, you know what I mean. Not to say they have to be match up exactly perfect right, to right, be the best, right. um, but I'll just say so that you find out. Hey, or or hey, I only plan on living in the state of Massachusetts for the rest of my life. I have hmm. zero flexibility, and if that question has never even touched on, and you find out, like, yeah. I've got. 
I've got a traveler's heart in me. I've got to go places and things like that. Um, and so you begin, that's the cool thing in courtship, man. Like all these cool questions, all the dreams, all the things that are deeply hiding there. You learn about yourself and your other, your significant other together. Um, and God willing, what you come out with on the other side, I don't think you'll ever have an answer 100%. Hey, this is the one and da 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 da. Right. But you've got maybe the biggest signposts that you needed mm. to say, I'm willing to try and willing to go the best. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. No, incredibly I'm helpful. Tense, bro. Sorry, I love yeah. that. Come no, on, I, I, this, is the, this is your lane. Um, and so I think one thing that meant was that Gary Thomas mentions in Sacred Marriage is, um, I think, yeah, like, also is understanding what something means to another person. And this goes back to the kind of mm. the priorities, too, of like... Um, like, for example, he says on page 59, let me turn here. Um, on some differences that, that, that he saw with his wife. Mm. And so he says here, as a man, I equate tears with near uh, devastation. For me to cry in an office would require a major tragedy. And that's when I understood that perhaps tears mean something entirely different for me than they do for Lisa. Mm. I see tears and think she's falling apart. She experiences tears and th- and and thinks she's merely sweating. Mm. And Holy so moly. yeah, and so just kind of understanding like what how something may hit somebody different, mm. um, how people ex- express their emotions, mm. um, and how that can then kind of getting again getting that context behind it is super helpful to understanding. Okay, what I think initially, I don't want to, and that kind of requires some reflection and some discernment and a little bit of um, mm. this slowness to speak. Um, to be patient, have that self-control. To, all right, well, tell me, tell me a bit more about this. Is this mm. something that happens all the time? Like, are you, are you a frequent? Are soon. you a frequent flyer? No, frequent, <laughs> frequent crier. We gotta increase our budget for tissues at home. Um, and so, mm. yeah, and so, kind of understanding some of those differences, I think, can be helpful. Mm. Um, and so, okay, so now. What shift? Anything we want? Actually, you want to mention more on dating before we get into marriage? I think that reality of like date with a purpose. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. don't date just to date. Um, yeah. It's easy to do that, especially now in our culture now with Tinder. Right? You can just boop, hop on a date and do this kind of thing just for the sake of of yeah. not being alone. Yeah. Um, and then also you so. I think sometimes people think that being in a relationship will fix the problems that happen in the individual. Like. Yeah not going to happen um yes you will learn about yourself maybe more than will float to the surface but if you come to the table healthy you experience far less disaster in the courtship area Hmm. because you've done the work when no one was watching and you were all by yourself and you were able to figure that out um so i think too right like it's there are some choices you can make right now before you even enter the dating phase that are honoring your future wife and she don't know it yet there's some sacrifices you can make now, some choices you can do to begin putting yourself in that place. Um, and so, yeah, man, I, I jump in that and, and um, yeah, and kind of going back to the, the differences that, that come to the surface too, like it's okay to walk through those differences, right? Like um, sometimes it's the negotiating and managing those differences that we learn Christ's love more than anybody else. Hmm. Like it's that patience that we express with one another, um, so my wife and I, like, I'm zero emotion. Like, my friends used to call me a machine because they said, like, you have zero. Like, you just don't, you just process things and walk away. Like, that's it. Yeah. Um, but I learned, like, from my wife showing me what emotion could look like in a healthy way in a situation, how to navigate that. And maybe yeah. how other people are thinking that I've overlooked for years of my life because it's just, like, 
get over it. You know, in my mind, I'm like, just get over it and do it, man. But some people yeah. need to process that way. And so I think that, man, like when you handle the differences, when you intentionally go about it, man, such a beauty comes out of that because I I know, I know, I know I'm a fuller person. I experience life in a more rich and depthful way, deep way. Um, because my wife is almost like she's touched the canvas of my life and put highlights right. in places that were lowlights before. And, yeah. um, and that's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I, I just think it's, especially now, and I mean, kind of in the mid, middle of 2020 right now, and I think um, dating is hard <laughs> in, with what, what's kind of the restrictions of meeting people. Mm. And so um, wow. I think I'm just thinking about how, like, what does dating look like now? And I think it's important to, I think you have to get creative. And I think that that... Um, just kind of practically of what dating looks like it's meeting finding new ways to to see different sides of people mm. right and so like i think there's ways like so going out and like maybe doing something that you normally wouldn't do mm. and i think putting yourself sometimes it'll be uncomfortable sometimes it'll just be a, just a change of pace to see how you operate you'll see them maybe out, out of their comfort zone mm. and you'll get to know kind of how they you know do with something or yeah and so like and then also, I mean, you know, like going for a hike, I think has been helpful for me mm. of like going outdoors, doing something where you're kind of with somebody, but you're purposefully doing something. Mm. Um, and I think you start to learn more about people. Um, and we actually start, we actually, this kind of backtracks a little bit to what we were talking in, in Bolsinger's book on uncharted leadership is like, you get to actually lead and understand when you're actually purposefully doing something mm. together. Um, like an escape room somewhere. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so like... I mean, yeah, that, that's, I think that's a great example. I think, um, I mean, even going for a walk, you know, which is, which is different than like watching TV with somebody or like mm. watching a movie, um, which I think, or watching Netflix, which I think a lot of our time is spent doing. Just, yeah. Yeah. But being, but really being, I think, pragmatic in the sense of going out and, um, mm. you know, it doesn't have to be a, a four hour hike, but it could be a 30 minute walk. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think about even how I can just you know, incorporate these different various activities, mm. going rafting or something or doing something different. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's like inviting that space in a deep, comp well, you know, you go on a hike, man, about a half hour in, your brain hits this weird spot where it's like, I can think clearly about so many things in my life that I haven't thought about. And so to invite someone for the ride for yeah. that, like, yeah. and then to begin a conversation in that space, like, yeah. so I think coming from a Christian lens too, right? Like, yeah. how do I... I so I, when I'm counseling guys and stuff like that now, like I'm counseling some people and, and walking them through the stage of they're on fire and chasing after Jesus. And now they're trying, they've been married for years and now have to figure out, oh my gosh, like I want to be able to experience this with my wife and my family and my kids and things like that. And it's like, hmm. oh, so going back to the dating component, right? Like that's not a tack on after the fact. That ought to be a part of the comp, you know, the, the composition of what happens now. Like right. let them see that part of you um, now which is fun. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, and so I don't want to gloss over dating because there's a lot we could talk about, but um, let's shift into into marriage itself. And um, so what is God's design for marriage? Um, and so really the opening kind of, I guess, thesis, so to speak, of this book is what if God designed marriage to make us 
wholly more than to make us happy. I guess mm. more of a prompt than a thesis, but um, to kind of open that up of like, is it something where we're like, and this kind of goes to a little bit more of sacrifice and some different elements, but what what is what is God's design for marriage? It's a big question. I think kind of going off that thing like, it is very deeply a spiritual thing that affects yeah. who we are. And I think it's like a... So, for example, if you're a football player, there's certain things you can do when you have 100 yards in front of you that's different than what you do when you have just your backyard, right? Yeah. That's a couple of square feet of what you can do and da 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 And so marriage is part of this... It's a different stage on which you practice your Christian life that gives you opportunities to shape different parts of who you are. You can train different components of who you are. You can be discipled and be transformed and understand mm. Jesus' love differently in the context of being with someone long term. So right, you think of like God's faithful love towards us, never ending, never changing. It's mm. timeless. It's always present. Um, it's very patient with us. It deals with us in our weakness, things like that. When I think of marriage, like, man, my wife is with me when I get it wrong. <laughs> and she's yeah. still with me before and after. You know what I mean? Like, um, because we've committed to being together, she's yeah. there with me. And I think as much as those moments are difficult and tough, like, oh, man. At the same time, now that we've been in the game together for 11 years now, yeah. like, man, it's baffling to experience that kind of love that I know how much of a goof I am. And 11 years later, she's still she's still around the table. Hmm. Um, and that in those moments of, like, at the same time where I'm navigating, figuring out who God's calling me to be, there can be tremendous joy in the experience of depth of love and just fun, silly stuff. You know what I mean? Like like uh, when my wife for Father's Day got me a specific gift of a scratch-off thing with books because she knows I love to read. And even after 11 years, the fact that there's still moments yeah. and little shadows of love that's like, it reminds me of how God is like, man, we've been in this game together for so long, God. You know so much about me, but still you're still willing to surprise me with something new. Mm -hmm. Um your love still has, it's like a diamond with a million facets. You keep turning yeah. it one more time and there's more beauty, more beauty. Yeah. Um, and so I think too, man, like wow. in your relationship, if you try and do it the right way, man, like there's more and more every single time. Um, and so for my wife and I, like we have a daughter now who's about to be three. And in these three years, I've seen more and more facets of who she is as a woman of God and things mm. like that. And I've seen and experienced love yeah. in that way. And we're about to have another kid any day now. Yeah. And that reality of like, the diamond's about to change a bit more. There's going to be more things I haven't seen yet. Yeah. Um, and so I think in that, right, it shows us the big nature of God's love. It puts one more thing in front of us um, to challenge us to grow deeper. Um, and to have someone who's always in close quarters, it reminds me of the closeness of God. Good and bad. The scariness and the beauty of it, right? Like, when no one else in the public yeah. sees some of my wildness, like my wife knows it to the core... Um, I can't escape that. I can't go home, go, you know, uh, leave and never. I mean, some people do that. They leave and never come back because they don't want to face their demons. Yeah. But like she's she'll be there to see me and things like that. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, man, again, my, I think marriage, when it's done right, man, it's a stage upon which your Christian life can dance in a cool way. And at the same time, it's just this constant reminder of the presence of God. And um, I think if. If God is, my wife is committed to me to the core, and if that's just a glimmer of how committed God is, hmm. bro, yeah. what a good God we serve. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I've only experienced this for 11 yeah. years now, but imagine eternity. Yeah, so, yeah. my bad. I get excited, bro.
No, you're good. You're good. That's helpful. Really helpful. Um, yeah, and so I, I mean, I think there's a lot of different imagery to think about that relationship. I mean, we look at the kind of the bride and gri- bridegroom mm. imagery as well. That kind of that that partnership. Yeah, um, that's intentional. Together, right, right. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of yeah, I mean, historically, with the monastic life and the ascetic life, like marriage wasn't viewed as something that was mm. good within mm. Christianity, um, but there is really there is a design for it. Um, and so, I mean, we can get into the whole theology behind Paul and mm. understanding what that looks like. We'll hold off a little bit for today, but like mm. understand that, that 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 there is you know that finding a finding a finding a spouse is a good thing, um, and that that is sacred, and um, it should be enjoyed. And I think about like God. I mean, th- there is a design for it, so it must be something that actually is good. Mm. Um, and if God mm. actually comes in the form of of a of a being incarnate, like incarnate, then that actual that institution is something that we should really care deeply for and really mm. and really nurture in terms of the emotion, the passion, and um, and the, just the levels of intimacy that we can we can explore between between mm. one another. And so I think you, we've mentioned a little bit about prayer and how that's been helpful for you in your mm. um, in your marriage walk. I want to kind mm. of shift into that of like. How you had mentioned, right, some signposts. Here is an area I see her praying, you know, for her friends or something. Mm. How does how do you connect and combine prayer into your marriage? Yeah, man, I think it's it's key. And it's if you're if you're trying to figure out if you're listening and you're dating somebody, you're trying to figure out like what's the place I start in incorporating my spirituality with my wife, my partner, and all that kind of stuff, like. Start with prayer because it's yeah. one of the things that's yeah. the easiest, right? It's just talking to God together. Yeah. But at the same time, in what we pray, so my wife and I, every single night before we go to bed, we pray. And then once a week, we take out some time, 10 minutes, we set a playlist on Spotify, put yeah. all the lights down in the house when the Brielle goes to bed. Mm-hmm. And we just take time to intentionally go back and forth and we pray. It was on our heart in that moment. Um, but it's cool because in the nightly prayers, we, we, we find ourselves, we pray for what's on the forefront of our mind often, right? Like you find yourself, you pray and you do what's, whatever is the hot, yeah. hottest news on your head and your heart yeah. in that day. And so when I pray with my wife, every night I know what's going on. Like I know what's concerning her. I know what she's excited about and things like that. And so for me to be able to eavesdrop on those prayers is huge. Um, and so I think that's one thing. Hmm. Like together, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, we're bringing before the Father all these things that are going on. Yeah. Um, and then... So my wife does a call with some of her friends each and every week. And uh, with coronavirus happening, I get to eavesdrop as I walk through the house and just overhearing her pray for her friends and the things that she's praying for, the things that she's concerned about, their yeah. spirituality, their life, the things like that. I know those are values in my wife's head. And it's just so cool. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, as we pray together, it's like collectively we're bringing these things. And it's yeah. funny because like uh, sometimes I'll be concerned about something and what she's praying for is almost the answer to that prayer. Or the way, when I feel weak in the faith, her strength and faith and prayer mm-hmm. is what bolsters me. And I'm like, babe, I don't have that energy, but you do today. And you know, we don't say that out loud, but it's this thing of like, man, like yeah. when I can't carry myself to the throne, you're carrying us to the throne. And, yeah. and when, you know, when you're weak, and yeah. it's just this cool yeah. thing of like, um, but what a thing, man, to be able to sneak in and, and peel back the curtain and hear what someone else is praying for. It's just, at the same time, too, it draws us closer together. Like, 
prayer is pretty vulnerable if you're doing it okay, right? Like if you're just sharing with God, like, hey, this is what's going on. Um, to let someone every day into that space, man, that's huge. And yeah. uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a necessary, it's a key. Uh, without it, you can do so much of your spiritual life together and you can talk about spiritual stuff and talk theology and talk shop. But that thing of like praying together and actually putting it in practice and saying what you believe yeah. about God out loud together. Yeah, yeah. It's heavy. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you, you hit the, you hit it on the head, at least for what really stuck with me is the the just like hearing about like what they're thinking about of that day and like really understanding. Because, you know, it's like I think a lot of us fall into like we're having a conversation. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and even sometimes that we can fall into that with our significant other mm-hmm. of like. You know, I'm you know I'm doing by getting all right, and obviously you want to you know spending some time to peel back that. But then I think prayer is such a such an access point pray, to get into that. Yeah. You know, God was thinking that when He was like, "Pray." <laughs> That's um, a free gimme. Yeah. Yeah. And so the the other thing, um, so there's a few kind of points I wanted to hit on. One of them is sacrifice, mm. um, and so how you sacrifice for each other in a marriage relationship is it is it i guess the question for people who are not married is it anything like you've experienced before you were married is it something new in terms of the type of sacrifice that you're now that you're taking part in Mm. eric is there an analogy that you could that you could speak to so it's weird um it's going to sound dumb, but it's silly things that I find a sacrifice that points me to the bigger ones. Yeah. Right? Like, uh, again, it, and it's sometimes it's, it's stupid stuff like uh, we'll buy snacks in our house, some for just Brandy and I, like cause whether they're extra super sweet, we'll buy eight drumsticks at the house, the drumstick ice cream cone yeah. or whatever. And... Um, if she's having a rough day and she, we usually have one each night or something like that until they run out. She's yep. having a rough day. I noticed, I think there was one day I came home and I noticed she had hers. It was already lunchtime. I was like, damn, man, you had the drumstick early. <laughs> Nighttime came and I still had an extra one. And I was like, it was, I, I didn't think twice about wanting to give her mine. It meant that the next night I wasn't going to get one and I still had an extra one in my All pocket. Right. It should have been mine for another night to go. Sure. But instead to experience that together, to sit on the couch and just have a drumstick together. That moment was worth more than me having one the next the next yeah. night. So it's stupid stuff like that, but it's this thing of like I want to see her thrive. I want to see her yeah. happy in every single way. Um, and so it, it, I mean that's a simple way, but it manifests itself in so many different ways of like sometimes the speed at which I'll go through something yeah. might change in order that it may be done in a better way or done in a way that she can participate as well. Not that I slow things down, but yeah. I think, so my, my personality, I'm a three on an Enneagram. I want to achieve it, not even do it well, but get it done and get to the next one kind of thing. Yeah. Where my wife is one, she's a perfectionist, so she wants to get it done well. And so I'll slow down a project so it's done um, hmm. in a way that we both can enjoy it and we can mm-hmm. both do it. And so I think that sacrifice, it's this, hmm. it, it's weird because it's, it's like with your kids, man. I'd give if my daughter was sick, I'd give her a kidney without blinking. Same yeah. thing with my wife. You know what I mean? It's this thing of like, um, yeah. I mean, it's just this, and I think that's when it becomes a reminder of of our relationship with God. Like, I wouldn't think for a second to give yeah. anything if it meant their ultimate happiness, ultimate joy, and to think 
Yeah. Bro, I'm human. My, my understanding of love is semi-broken. And I think God is a perfect one. And so when God does things, um, but at the same time, that moment of like, sometimes I know when we need to keep it moving. And so my love looks like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push you a little bit. We're going to get through this. But on the other side of this, I promise you'll feel relief and joy. And and, um, and so, yeah, you know what I mean? It's this crazy uh, love connected to sacrifice. It's always this cool thing. Not to say you don't feel it, because every sacrifice you feel, right? Like, I was missing my drumstick the next night. Um, But that reality of you find the worth, you know what I mean? It's something bigger than than that initial moment and bigger than whatever the loss is. Yeah. 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 Um, No, awesome. I think that makes sense. And, I mean, I... I, personally, I, I'm I'm not married myself, and so part of this is kind of a learning process mm. in understanding what that might be. Um, and I think that there is kind of this anticipation and this expectation mm. of sometimes of what we conceive of marriage to look like. Um, but I guess getting to know each other on these day to day and just the ordinary things in life, mm. but finding that this is a God is present here and He is speaking through us right here, and I'm getting to know this person intimately and deeply. Mm. Um, and it's not always going to be this like super exciting on a platform, you know, putting our hands up. And uh, I don't. I'm just like I get the idea of like we're like Olympic medal, and, like you're just like holding your hands up in the air of like we yeah. did it. <laughs> there are those days. There are those days, right? But they're not all those days. Not all those days. Yeah. No. Yeah. And there I, are those days, though. Yeah, and it's weird too. Like again, part of the sacrifice of uh, marriage is this other component of like, yo, and I was single. And there's still there's still people you're accountable to when you're single, and there's still a depth of relationship you minister from that particular place. Yeah. But like, when I was single, I have to ask. I didn't have to consider anybody else at all. Yeah. Outside my family, my close friends, things like that when I made decisions. So like, yeah. Um, I was a bit more nimble, and so now as part of joining this marriage, I sacrifice that ability to do that. Like yeah. I can't just sure. pack up everything and go for a trip tomorrow yeah. and forget it all. Like I've got to consider my wife and my daughter, my you know. Um, and so I think of that. I, I I say this like I've I've tied myself intentionally to this group of people. When yeah. we brought Brielle into the world, I tied myself to her. I think yeah. about Sophia coming into the world next few days. This girl's gonna be at every single Thanksgiving, Christmas, wedding, party, weekend. Yeah. Like yeah. she's gonna be in all the family photos from now on. Yeah. <laughs> so thinking about that, yeah. like um Wow. Yeah, but it's not a it's a good thing. It's a it's yeah. A, yeah. Um Two more points I wanted to kind of get into. One of them is on um, physical intimacy and like in sex in marriage and that covenant relationship. And so Matt Chandler kind of walks through it a little bit in this um, looking at uh, looking at uh, Song of Solomon in the Old Testament mm. as kind of a model for understanding not only uh, but just understanding the entire I guess phase of. And so I, I would encourage listeners to kind of. Um, to, to go through this themselves, but um, how do you understand, I guess, yeah, like the role of sexual union in connection with one another and understanding just how, why that is important, understanding that um, Gary Thomas has a whole chapter, Sexual Saints here, on it says, marital sexuality can provide spiritual insights and character development. Mm. Um, and so... Yeah, I guess what has how have you what has been I guess in the past your experience like how have how 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 was that portrayed onto you as as mm. a Christian and the and like understanding what that what that looked like 
and how have you kind of navigated and maybe a new image for that or a new function? Yeah. I think starting off, you kind of go off that, that thing of like, sex is bad. You just yeah. put that connotation in your head. Like that's been since Augustine, like back in the 300s, this conversation of like, oh, just sex is bad. And we didn't really talk about the where that came from. And, and, and so you go in with this mentality of like, sex is bad, save for marriage. You don't know any idea why. And all of a sudden, yeah. you wear a dress, you wear a suit, some guy says some words, and now it's good? Like, what the heck? I know, um, yeah. And so I think that, like, kind of getting huh. over that initial thing of, like, wait a minute. God made that part of the plan? Like, at some point, God is all about that life? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. like um, or God put this in play? Like, he could have done a million and one other things for us right. to reproduce and keep the things going yeah. forward. But he made it that way? Like... My man, right? Like, <laughs> um, it's true. So I think so there was that, that we needed to redeem it at first. It was like, all right, Lord. When Again, when, it, when in the right context, in the right shape and form, it is a beautiful, good thing and it's right. designed to be enjoyed. Right. Um, and so finally getting to that point of like, if, 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 my, if I'm in the right context, if I've gone to the marriage and all that kind of stuff, and at the same time, if my heart's in the right spot, Brothers become something that binds us over and over yeah. and over again, kind of like the same way we ask for forgiveness. God's presence is right there every single time, kind of thing. I think in one part, redeeming it needed to happen yeah. to stop yeah. thinking of it as a terrible thing, but start thinking of it as a timely thing. Hmm. That in the right moment, hmm. it could be cool outside the context, but it can also be very damaging until it's in the right one. You know what I mean? Right. So right. let me go back to go forward. I think, and we mm. found out with science and things like that, like as you have sex and all that kind of stuff, you begin to release oxytocin and all that kind of stuff, and you create chemical pathways in your head to bond you to whatever. So that's why like masturbation and pornography is such a dangerous thing right now because it automatically creates a, a chemical link in your head um, to like what you see on the screen. The oxytocin draws you to do that more kind of thing. And so mm. when it's done in the right context, yeah. the oxytocin, whatever, um, serotonin, Physically, right? Like chemically bonds you more to the person you're in bed with. Um, so again, in the right context, if it's with the person you're going to be with for the long haul in marriage and have committed to for the rest of your life, yeah. then every time you'll hit the sheets, bro, it's it's bringing you closer into that relationship where yeah. it's reminding you one more time or bonding you one more time to the image yeah. of that person. Um, and so to realize like, yo, God knew that, bro, when he was put into play. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. knew that is something. Um and so redeeming it, but also recognizing if it is such a powerful tool, I don't give my three-year-old daughter knives to play with, right? right? Because it's just right. it's a dangerous right. thing. And right. um, so knowing your limits, knowing your ability to navigate it, and knowing, right? Like, again, I've got, I've got friends who are pretty frisky <laughs> growing up yeah. in college and things like that. And they've had to unpack a couple of bags trying to figure out, yes. like, I don't know why sometimes I'm in bed and I'm thinking about her and things like that because my brain got connected. Not to say you can't be redeemed from that. Everyone can be redeemed. Right. Um, right. If you've walked through this and you, you've you know, you've been frisky as well, that's God can still restore and renew and you can have a great and healthy marriage. Right. Um, but it'd be a shame if we never talked about it, right, and never helped each other navigate yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah. Um, mm. kind of going back, man, it's a good thing that God put into play to help people draw closer and closer together time and time again. Um, when I do marriage counseling, I tell people this is my rule of thumb. And I stole it from from uh, my pastor I used to work with. At first, it's tri-weekly, T-R-I, weekly. So you want to do three times a week, man. Every time you can get it, make it happen. Then when life gets a little more complicated, usually when kids come to the picture, they're going to try weekly, T-R-Y, weekly. Try and get it once a week if you can. 
And then by the time you're old and vintage, you want to try weekly, T-R-Y-W-E-A-K, try with all the energy you've got left. <laughs> <laughs> so try weekly oh is the rule of thumb goodness. for the rest of your life. Good. Oh, my goodness. Try and good in Trinitarian form, too. Hey, somebody. Somebody saying try that weekly. in this place. Come on. Um, yeah, and so I love that. Actually, I love what what Thomas says here. He says, those who, who live only for sexual pleasure and stimulation know only a very limited life and probably experience a high degree of frustration as time inevitably takes a toll on their aging bodies. Those who find meaning and fulfillment not just in sexuality but in parenting their children, serving God, engaging in a consistent prayer life, and living uh, virtuously have a much broader base from which to enjoy life. A thoughtful and godly marriage will move us in this direction. And so I think it just helps put it in the bigger picture of, hey, this is something that is so good. Let's mm. think about this and in, in kind of in how it, it's integrated into part of our relationship and not mm. simply look for kind of the, the result of it, but see the, the process in it and the intention behind it. Mm. Um, yeah. Bro, he, he quotes Gary Thomas. Uh, Matt Chandler, he says, sex is about physical touch, to be sure, but it's far more than physical touch. It's about what's going on inside of us. Developing a fulfilling sex life means I concern myself more with bringing generosity and service to bed than with bringing washboard abs. Yes. It means I see my wife as a holy temple of God, not just as a tantalizing human body. It means that sex becomes a form of physical prayer, Mm. a picture of heavenly intimacy that rivals the Shekinah glory of God. Right, like that's good. Yeah, it's, it's a unifying, intense thing. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the tenderness, the compassion, the other pieces that, that make it up, kind of thing. Like, um, yeah, yeah. And again, there, there's probably no more intimate thing you can do with a human body <laughs> um, yeah. than that. Yeah. And so to say, like, I'm willing to entrust you with this most intimate part of who I am, and reserve it for you and you alone is the other thing that's mm-hmm. pretty intense too. Like, yo. Yeah. I'm not sharing all this activity with anybody else. You know what I mean? Like, the goods are just yours. And that's an intentional act of worship, I think, wow. to God. It's like, Lord. Yeah. Same way we do our worship, right? Like, that's right. no other idols, nothing but you, God. Um, and so the most intimate part of who I am gets to be the most intimate part of who you are, God. That's what I want more than anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, when we do it right, bro, it's beautiful. It's great. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think you can see it. I, I like how you mentioned kind of three times weekly, you can see it as a spiritual discipline mm. as something that like you're intentional about and you're incorporating into mm. your, into your, you know, you're allocating time. Make sure this is a priority in your life for that union, I think is important too. Yeah. And um, spiritual disciplines require, I think that energy and just that posture of worship too, mm. um, coming with speaking life into um, and appreciating mm. for what it is and for who God is behind mm. that. Yeah. 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 Um, Anything else, I guess, um, ooh, I, one thing I wanted to touch on here a little bit is just maybe some challenges um, in, in we'll kind of go back to dating, but it can also apply for marriage too. Um, just some, maybe some warning signs or some challenges, um, some of the ones that you've heard the most mm. um, that might be timely now um, and where the opportunity for redeem, redeeming that is. Like in regards to physical stuff or maybe Anything. both? Anything. Yeah. 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 So I would say both. Yeah. On the emotional, relational component, I would say learn to fight fair. Right? Like there's there's people who fight out of a sense of woundedness, and as a result, people get incredibly damaged. 
And so learning how you are, how you respond to situations, and choosing to take the high road conversationally is always going to be a big thing. Um, And so find out how to do that. Um, Find out what your language is for those kind of discussion conversations. Um, It's crazy when you begin to understand who you are, what you're triggered by, and all those kind of things, like how those conversations can change. And so like learn that in yourself and commit to doing that together. Like, hey... Um, my wife and I, we, we, we laugh because we, I don't think we've ever raised our voice at each other. Never really had an intense heated argument. We, um, and it's not just like a to toot our own horn kind of thing. I think it's because we've made this commitment early on, like we've got to understand each other. And because we've gotten so used to talking each other's language, it's been good. You know what I mean? It's been, it's been way healthy. Um, so yeah, I think that's on the, the, the emotional relational side and then when you feel like you've given up fighting for it, then you've got to be careful there. Because if you feel like, I just, I'm just going to let this one go and not fight for it, not figure it out. like it, That's easy a sign that you're giving up on some other things or that it's not valuable enough to fight for. And that's kind of a dangerous thing. Um, on a physical side, I think all this comes together with just knowing yourself. Like, don't be an idiot. <laughs> There's some idiot things that we do um, because we put ourselves in dumb situations we know we shouldn't be. And so I think like, an yeah. ounce of proactive measure can help you be mm-hmm. yeah. instead of being reactive, right? Like, yo, yeah. when she's in that dress and we're all by herself and, you know what I mean? Like, we've are, there's, there's no way I'm stopping at that point, right? Like, it's not going to happen. And so it's thinking proactively in advance, like how to help each other do that, yeah. right? On both ends, because it's, it's on, it's not just about, it can't just be about females. It's about men too. We've got to learn to control our urges and not put that on the brunt of right. of that weight, of that responsibility, like Matt Chandler says somewhere, can't be put on just one person. It's got to be a collective yeah. agreement. And so I think the, wis- the wisdom in that is like, hey, knowing your limits, collectively coming to a conversation yeah. of how to, where do we set the boundaries in a way that we both feel the Holy Spirit ain't going to kill us on it, you know? Um, but so again, it's that open, con- open conversation. It's that honesty. It's that, yeah. and again, being mad intentional, like, I on my good days, I give Satan a good fight, right? Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bow down. I'm, but there are yeah. bad days, you know what I mean? And so, um, yeah. If I can do something on a good day, so that when the bad day comes, I'm not gonna stumble. Dude, I'm gonna put that in play now, you know, as best as I can. Um, and so again, whatever the context, it may it may look like having someone check the apps on your phone, or if checking what apps you do and don't download. Um, Again, I, my, my wife has all the passwords. Not that she goes through my phone ever, but I never wanted to ever come to a point where I leave my phone on the counter and I would get worried that she'd be going through it or something. Like that. It doesn't bother me, you know what I mean? Because yeah. like, knowing that she has access to it, you know what I mean? I've got no yeah. fears, no worries. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's finding those things that you can do to kind of put those in play, which is huge. This has been awesome. Um, I've I've learned a lot, and I'm, I'm sure listeners have learned a lot as well. Hopefully. And so it's been a, it's been real it's been it's been awesome. Mm. Um, and so for those of you who have been listening, thank you for for tuning in again um, to this talk on, on dating and marriage, um, and just how we can um, bring our best into our relationships and those that are close to us. Um, and so Andrew, just any anything else you want to mention before we hop off? Um, maybe a final word of encouragement. I always like to leave on a, on a high note. On a high note. So yeah. can we provide? A high note. I would say if 
any light has come on in this conversation, you're already on your way to a better relationship. Yeah. If you're here listening and you're struggling with something, trust that God can redeem you, restore you, and you can have the most healthy relationship life you ever have. It's just a few decisions away.